Hello, and welcome to the Platform Podcast, part of the Marketplace Risk Master's Program. The Master's Program offers a full suite of virtual content, engagement, and resources focused on risk management, trust and safety, and legal strategy for startups. Be sure to download the mobile app from the Master's Program on the Marketplace Risk website to connect with hundreds of participants, speakers, and sponsors directly. The Master's Program is presented by Aon, Checker, PackSafe, and we want to thank them and all of our sponsors, including Appers Insights, King & Spalding, Seifarth Shaw, Sitter City, Spectrum Labs, Tint AI, and Willis Towers Watson. Check out the Master's Program Sponsor Center on the Marketplace Risk website for more information about our sponsors to view content they have contributed and to contact them directly. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk's L. Tucker, a former journalist who writes, speaks, and consults on the sharing of gig economy. L. is also the chair of the Marketplace Risk Advisory Board. Please note, this podcast has been prepared for informational purposes and is not legal advice by the Marketplace Risk team or the presenters. The material discussed should not be construed as legal advice or a legal opinion on any specific issue. We urge you to consult a lawyer concerning your own situation and any specific legal questions you may have. Please contact us at info@marketplacerisk.com, and we can put you in touch with the appropriate professional. And now, without further ado, I will hand things over to Al. And welcome to another episode of the Platform Podcast. I am delighted to have with me today Mike Sasaki, who is Head of Customer Success at MyTech. Welcome, Mike. Hi, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Great. And we really enjoyed your recent webinar, um, which was about how and when marketplaces use ID verification and biometrics, which you did with Philip Burley um, from Google, didn't you? Yeah, that's my buddy, Philip. Uh, we had a good time chatting uh, IDV and biometrics. You know, I know, I've known him for a few years now, back to his Airbnb days. It was great. I liked your, you two obviously had, um, you know, some good, uh, you know, good chemistry and um, you seem to be, you seem to be counting the amount of times you agreed with each other, which I quite liked. So I don't know who won in the end. Yeah, I'm sure he thinks he won and he, he might have. He's used to being the customer and I'm the vendor. So that's usually <laughs> how it goes. Now, um, what I wanted to talk to you about today was something that obviously you touched on in the webinar presentation, which um, people can can access um, on on the Marketplace Risk website if they didn't actually listen in live. This is the biometric side of things because I am really fascinated with this. Now, I spoke to Sanjay from MyTech earlier in the year. It's been a funny year, as we all know, and it's difficult to think exactly when I spoke to him, but he was telling me a lot about the kind of advancements in technology when it comes to actual fraud and you know faking identity and what people can do so in a way it's natural now that uh, speaking to somebody else from your organization I really want to sort of talk about what the solutions are and um, I know that the biometrics are you know really coming through in the way that we can identify ourselves but I think for a lot of startup founders and obviously that's a big part of our audience um, 
would think that maybe biometrics really just covers off facial recognition and maybe fingerprints, um, anything to do with your body, because I suppose, you know, that's where the bio in biometrics come from. And I would probably, um, until I'd done a bit of reading prior to us speaking, probably have, have felt the same, but it's not the case at all, is it, Mike? Yeah, that, that's right. It, there's a lot to it. It's an uh, evolving uh, part of your IDV strategy. And you're seeing it adopted more and more, um, partly because, you know, it's just being adopted in general more and more. And, I mean, when we talk about biometrics, is it that because we're unique as humans that we can use ourselves, our physical form and, and the things we do to identify ourselves in a better way that we can use um, sort of documentation? Is it harder to fake ourselves than it is to fake documents is that the reason that that it's interesting for people like you and for companies like my tech yeah i would think you know a document is one step removed from your identity right it is it does represent your identity but your face and your fingerprint and the way you walk and uh things like that are are, are that is your identity and the, the nice thing about it is that um you know from a customer's perspective, like we can look at the technology, right? But it doesn't matter unless it's going to help the customer, our customers. And so you have to think about, and I talked about this at the webinar, that you have to think about what is your desired business outcome and what are you trying to achieve, right? And what type of experience are you, are you trying to provide with uh, to, your, to your end user, to your end customer? And that's where biometrics really fits in. You know, biometrics is only going to work if it's adopted. It's only going to adopt it if the experience is great. And what sort of things make an experience kind of, you know, not so great in that in that way? Is it something that's sort of difficult to do or intrusive or how do you measure that? It's, um, you know, it's fascinating to me because I suppose I just think of it in terms of, you know, what works and doesn't work. But as you say, it's about the customer as well, isn't it? It is. So, you know, what what makes it work from a customer's perspective, and I always go back to, the customer's perspective, right, and their experience. So what makes it work is that it's, it's less friction and it has to be easy, right? So if you can, if you think about it this way, if you're going to add in a secure technology or a feature into your workflow um, or to any type of customer experience, it has to do two things. And you think about, you know, iPhones. It has to be a better experience and it has to increase security. So if you look at you know, using the fingerprint to unlock your, your iPhone or whatever the case is now, it's even, you know, beyond that use case of, of iPhones. Um, that is a better experience. Why is it adopted? It's because the end user or the end customer finds it easier, right? And mm -hmm. why does why does a, a company like Apple push it? It's because it's more secure, right? So those are really, really good um, things to anchor on, that those two things have to be present. And we have customers like Hirecar, and Instacart that are using biometrics and they, you know, where they place it is super interesting. And we can get into, you know, what is the process for determining where to place biometrics, right? You can't just place it somewhere and you're like, Hey, I have biometrics in my, uh, in my flow. So we're good to go. Right. You have to be very thoughtful and strategic about it. So how do you find out if a type of biometrics is going to be something that people will adopt? Do you have like kind of, focus groups that people try certain types of 
um, biometrics and, and see how that affects their, you know, how, how do you find out in advance whether something is going to be easy or is it a kind of case of, you know, a, a company introducing it and seeing if it goes down well, like the Apple thing? Yeah, you can look in um, just in, in regular daily life and see what biometrics are working, right? Um, and that's a good starting point. Um, if you're a vendor, you should be doing uh, as part of your development. You know, you're looking at the market. You're uh, you have focus groups, and you're really understanding what is going to work and what's not. And more, most importantly, if you're a customer, a customer of my tech, um, and I touched on this during the webinar, you have to look at data relentlessly, and you have to um, always be testing. And that's something that Philip was doing at Airbnb. And Airbnb is a, a, a great example of a MyTech customer that is always testing and they look at the data and the data drives them, right? So, you know, there are certain things that you can look at to see, is this working or not? You can look at fraud rates going up or down. You could look at adoption um, in, in, in a proxy for adoption is really conversion in an onboarding use case. Uh, if, if that's going up or down and, and those are, you know, two, two key metrics that you need to watch. And that'll mm -hmm. tell you if it's working. You can also survey your customers, right? Mm. And they'll tell you. You know, we, we conduct MPS surveys at MyTech. Um, there are similar surveys that our customers uh, use with their end users. And, you know, they'll tell you if it's working or not. Would the data tell you quite quickly if something wasn't working? You know, it's interesting, right? You can get a quick signal. Um, but then you have to be, you have to understand that you can't overreact off a quick signal. So, yeah, it'll tell you if it's working or not. The data will, but um, you have to be patient as well to gather a statistically significant amount of data, right? And so going back to the actual types of biometrics, um, now I, I know, understand that, and you'll need to tell me a bit more about this, but that this is divided up into actually things about your body, so physiological things like your fingerprint that we talked about, but there's more than that, isn't there? And also things that you do as well How, so behavioral I think it's called so can you tell me a bit more about that because I, I think that you know it's, it's much more potential than people even think around biometrics yeah there is and it's a super interesting uh, uh, space right now right and, and very popular because of the, the perceived low friction of it um, and that's reality too in a lot of cases you know I think with biological if you go back to the selfie and why the selfie is so important in the IDD flow is that that is a really good signal if that person is the same person in the in the document, right? And it's a it's a it's perceived as and is really a a low lift, low friction. You know, how many selfies are we taking just in our regular lives? That happens every day, right? So doing another capturing another selfie in an onboarding flow feels pretty normal nowadays. Mm. You know, if you go back. Ten years ago, it would have been a challenge. Can you imagine? But, but now it's... Being told to do that. Can you imagine being told to do that, you know, 10, 15, 20 Correct. years ago? Take a photo of yourself. It's like, what? Well, how How would you, you know, even go about such a thing? And now, as you say, it's, um, you know, even your your iPhone itself will categorize your photos and have a separate folder for, for selfies because there are so many of them. Oh, yeah. That's a great point. And, and, you know, if you think about what selfies were like, you know, that camera was worse um, not that long ago, right? And now it's a really good camera. If you flip it around and, you you know, you can take a selfie, There's a, there wasn't even a selfie option before. Um, so, you know, the technology has caught up. Um, additionally, 
you can add liveness to it, right? And liveness is is important in um, you know really protecting yourself against a popular attack vector, right? Um, so liveness can be uh, can be and should be a requirement, and that's something my tech has. Uh, available and it's not only really popular, but we've seen uh, the effects of having liveness as part of that. So, could you explain what that is, Mike? Sorry, I don't, I'm just. Um, what what is? Does that mean you're moving? That means that you are the person taking the selfie, right? Because you could play a, you could potentially play a video of someone and capture oh. that, and you know, call that the the selfie capture, right? But um, if you have liveness technology, then you're able to determine, okay, that was an actual selfie captured. Uh, by an actual person, um, and you know, can can check that box, which is really important. Wow! So you you close that attack vector. I didn't know that, that that it could detect that. That's incredible. And so, when the the selfie itself is that um, taking the the facial proportions, how is that using that um, that information? Yeah, that's that's really uh, that's a very technical uh, question. Um, it is making sure, you know, I could answer it from a customer's perspective, yeah. <laughs> just making sure that we check the box, right? Yeah. Um, the Sanjays of the world can dive into yes. the technical pieces of it. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't get me. too techy um, on me. But... <laughs> um, so, I mean, and other parts of your face as well, and, you know, things like maybe your, your eyes, I think, is that something that, you know, or is this, is this kind of like the technology from that film, um, I think I spoke to Sanjay about it when we had our discussion. Um, it's a minority report, isn't it, with Tom Cruise? Um, where he's, yeah. yeah, where he walks into the shop and he's already being recommended things and it was just based on his eye or something. Right, yeah. You know, that minority report comes up a lot because I think that is the uh, the perfect example, right, of, uh, of, of where we're heading in, in a lot of cases. And that must have been quite ahead of its time because I, I think that film must be about, you know, I don't know, ten years old, fifteen years old. Um, so yeah, you know, I think that's right. Yeah, maybe the person you need to get the the person that wrote that they were possibly already on the on the MyTech team, <laughs> um, because <laughs> it's pretty pioneering stuff. And behavioral biometrics as well. What what does that mean? What sort of things do we do that are different from other people? Yeah, you know, behavioral is it's super interesting, right? Um, and what it is is, you know, we all walk a certain way. We hold our phone a certain way at, a, you know, a certain angle. Um, we scroll a certain way. We type a certain way that's unique to us. So these are all signals. And it alone is not enough, um, in my opinion, but layered on top at the right time um, and working passively, which is really nice, right? If it's working passively, the, the friction is really low. Um, and so it's a nice signal to have um, in your flow when it makes sense. Um, and, you know, I, I just give an example of a fraudster filling out a form. You know, they're doing things that normal people don't do, right? They're moving through that form quickly because they're filling out a thousand of these forms at a time. They know exactly what questions coming up in this field, first name, last name. Perhaps they're cutting and pasting birthdays, right? Who does that? You know, that, that, that knows their birthday. You don't kind of pay your birthday. So things like that you could track um, and monitor and you could apply risk scores to and you can, you know, at, at certain points just say this is too risky um, and you can, you know, elevate it to whatever path you want to. Perhaps it's another type of check mm -hmm. that has to happen or maybe, maybe they're shut down completely. Um, but the nice thing about behavioral by 
metrics is that it it, it runs in the background passively, um, and so the friction is really low. It's basically zero friction. When you were talking to Philip yesterday, I was really interested when you talked about people who are maybe on a portable. Um, I can't remember what the abbreviation is on a portable like um, connection. What's that called again? Um, you, and you can spot people who are maybe not on the main uh, Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, he was talking about intent, right? Yeah. And what is the intent of the person visiting, right? And you can get a quick signal or a, a strong signal on intent. You know, you could look at IP address. You could look at other things as well, right? Location is one. Um, so I think that's where he was going with it. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And going back to marketplaces specifically, because obviously that's a big part of, uh, you know, our audience are actual marketplace startup founders, and they're wanting to know, um, you know, about this technology and and how it can help them. What makes marketplaces particularly open to fraud, and and how are some of your solutions suited particularly to that two sided audience? Yeah, you know, and, and when I think of marketplaces, I think about what their goal is. And a lot of times, at least my experience working with our marketplace customers, it's about customer acquisition. And when your goal is customer acquisition, because and why is it customer acquisition? It's because if their customer leaves their marketplace, they're going to their competitors. There are a lot of options, right, when it comes to driving, uh, delivery, things like that. Um, even getting jobs, right? A lot of lot of different areas you can go. So it's all about customer acquisition. And when it is customer acquisition is your goal, you open yourselves up to to you know potentially more fraud because maybe you're a little la- a little more lax on that on that side of the house, right? Um, and so really, what you're looking for is identity verification solutions that are lower friction, and that's where biomex- biometrics comes in. And I talked about it yesterday, and it's really important. If you're in a marketplace and um, you're about customer acquisition and the customer experience, that upfront you capture a high high quality image, right? Document um, image of your government issued document that is, and that's where MyTech comes in with MySnap. Uh, that is our patented technology to capture a high quality image in, in a great with a great customer experience, and similarly to capturing a high quality image of your document, you need a high quality image of your selfie, um, of a selfie as well, because you'll use it later on, um, especially in a marketplace. So let's take a hire car, for example, um, hire car, their business is connecting those that want to drive for Uber with a car that they can rent for the time being, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They don't want to use their car or they don't have a car, but they still want to drive for Uber or Lyft. So hire car connects them with a car. And then periodically, we'll want to verify, re-verify that this is the same person that's onboarded with us, right? And so they'll ask them for a selfie. And it's great because it's low friction. It's understandable why they're doing that. And the driver can quickly take a selfie of themselves. Um, and then they, it's compared against the original uh, information that they have. And that's- Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's not necessarily even done at the beginning. This is something that they periodically do to check, um, not necessarily Correct. the onboarding stage. Yeah, they'll do it up front um, because that's you know that's the uh, the the recommended way to verify an identity, and then throughout the life of uh, that that uh, that driver in this case being with them, uh, that you know they're able to just quickly say, "Hey, is it still you?" 
obviously it is. And then 30 minutes later, is it still you? Or whatever it is, right? Six, six hours later. Um, Instacart's another great example. You know, that there's a lot of liability. You're sending a stranger to your house with groceries. And you want to make sure that that person is has been vetted and verified and is the same person that's been verified previously during shopper onboarding. And so they'll ask their shoppers, hey, is it still you, right? And when I say it's it still you, on the app, it'll, uh, you know, pop up. Uh, please confirm or verify your identity, take a selfie or whatever the case is, right? Um, and so that that's how that works with the re-verification use case. That's amazing. And I think, I, I, I suppose, this year for you particularly, um, with everything that's happened and the way that we're living our lives now, I'm kind of guessing that it's not been a particularly quiet year at, uh, at MyTech HQ. Am I right? <laughs> With all this delivery you know, it's, going on. Uh, it's totally unpredictable, right? When the global, and we're talking about the global pandemic, uh, we'll see how this podcast ages. It's, it's super interesting <laughs> taking the, to doing these podcasts during this time. Um, but yeah, we were super fortunate as a business, right? Um, the, the tragedy that's happening and continues to happen. Um, but business-wise, at, at MyTech, um, you know, we were uh, very fortunate that the digital transformation really accelerated mm-hmm. during the global pandemic, right? And so we, you know, we saw our business um, kind of take it take the same ride as a lot of our customers, which is an acceleration. Instacart was a great example. You know, I am now an Instacart customer, um, and I love it. And um, the global pandemic was the thing that really got me um, interested in, in that service. Um, and so I, I will be a customer after this as well. Because uh, it, it's just a great, great service that they're offering um, that they provide. But yeah, to answer your question, it was um, a very interesting time at MyTech. Very fortunate for us, for our business, and you know we were able to support our customers during this time. A lot of questions that we got was, "What is your business continuity plan?" Right? And I know our competitors, they weren't where we were with our plan. We had our plan. We were ready to go. Um, and, you know, we were able to take care of our customers and be there for them um, during this uh, stressful time for them as well. You talked about Instacart there, how it was something that you adopted during the pandemic. Is that, sorry, we don't have that in the UK. Is that um, similar to Deliveroo or is it um, for, for shopping, for your um, for your online oh, groceries? That's interesting. Yeah, for, for the way I use it is for groceries, and that's the way a lot of people use it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, during the, the height of the pandemic, I did not want to go to the grocery store. Um, and uh, and so, you know, we signed up for Instacart, and um, we had uh, the, the, the shoppers who were great. And I, you know, they, they were they were able to shop on our behalf with my family and bring the groceries to, to our house. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, it, it was really great service. And when you think about di- this digital adoption at scale that that we've all been witnessing people like us that work in the marketplace world seeing people that have maybe not tried out these types of services before being kind of well essentially forced to because of a lack of alternatives when we think about 2021 obviously you know a, a lot of um predictions have been made as to what this new normal will look like and that's changed throughout the year i think because you know, there's not going to be suddenly, you know, a day where everything switches back. But 
from the point of view of marketplace and the point of view what you do at MyTech, do you see that a lot of people won't change their behaviours back now? And, you know, from the point of view of, you know, fraud prevention, etc., this pace of change will, will only continue, even if it's not quite as fast as it has been in, in 2020. Yeah, so I think the first part of your question um, was, will will people change their behaviors? Like maybe me, for example, will I change my behavior of, of grocery shopping? Is that, is that yeah? Uh, the just back. I don't think people are going to go back now necessarily. Because I mean, I got really heavily into Deliveroo, but there's no way I'm deleting that app once um you know once I can go to real life <laughs> restaurants again. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I thought a lot about that. Um, I was. You know, I signed up for Instacart for one reason, but they do something that's really interesting to me, and it, it, it really hits home to me and my wife and our, our family, is they count how many hours you're saving by not having to go to the grocery store, and I can't get that out of my head, right? And I think we're at like 70-plus hours that we've wow. saved. Um, and so now the value has shifted. So the value was one thing, but post-pandemic, the value is going to be something else, and they're really clear about it. And so I think about that. From my perspective, I, you know, my team supports customers, my tech customers. How do we keep up with the value that we're providing and making sure that our customers understand what the value is? During a pandemic, we understand what the value we're providing, right? Mm-hmm. But you need to evolve. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing our customers evolve. And that's really inspiring and motivating me to try and evolve as well. And we will. Um, so what our customers need now is going to be different what they need in the future. And same with fraud, right? What you're fighting now is going to be different than what it is in the future, and you need to stay close to that and hopefully ahead of that as well. Yeah, so no room for complacency at MyTech HQ. I mean, it must be that things change so rapidly, and you've got to be almost like watching out for for the next thing because presumably with fraud, you know, the fraudsters want to you know want to keep being able to do what they do, and if technology is starting to prevent them, presumably they're going to try and find another way. Absolutely. And we don't pretend like we know everything. Uh, we know a ton, right? Uh, but the people like Philip, he's an, a MyTech identity innovator, right? Frank on fraud, MyTech identity innovator. We have someone at Instacart, MyTech identity innovator. So we're, we built this community of innovators. And, you know, we meet, and I know there are secret meetings in the Bay. Uh, Philip won't confirm that, but I know there's <laughs> a secret identity uh, crew that meets up there. Uh, but we're tapped into that, right? And, um, you know, we talk all the time with these innovators and, and we learn so much from them. I think Philip learns a lot from us. Like he mentioned yesterday, he sees one workflow, whatever they're doing at Google, right? I see 200 workflows and in many different industries. And I talked about this yesterday. I see bank workflows. I see, you know, fintech workflows. And I work that into what marketplaces can leverage. And so that's what we bring to the table at MyTech is, it's not only experience in this community of identity innovators, but these customers that are doing really great things, including you know adding biometrics into the workflow, and we can teach our customers and you know help them um, in a more consultative uh, uh, engagement than, than other vendors. Mike, your job sounds so super interesting. There can't really be a boring day, am I right? It, there really isn't. You know, I think. Uh, Every opportunity that I have and my team has to talk to customers is a lot of fun because that's what we're 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 working uh, 
that's who we're working with, right? And that's why we do what we do. It's all about our customers, and we're fortunate. Our customers and those individuals working um, are just really great people, and it's it's a lot of fun. And, and that's what any job comes down to, really. Um, I know this is a talk about IDV, and I'm talking about, you know, why I like my job. <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> no, um, no. But, you know, I, it just comes down to working with really cool people, and, and I'm fortunate, you know, that we have that at MyTech and uh, also with our customers. It's brilliant. And I hope um, someone from the team or you maybe will come back and um, talk to us again in 2021 and we can see how many of our predictions came true and see how many hours you've saved on Instacart from not grocery shopping as well. I want to see where you get up to on that. It'll be in the hundreds, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Master's Program Platform Podcast. Check out the Master's Program on the Marketplace Risk website at marketplacerisk.com, where you will find 12 tracks of content featuring over 80 speakers in more than 65 sessions. You can also download the mobile app to connect with participants, speakers, and sponsors from around the world. Be sure to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk. Tune in next week for another podcast.